Hey everyone, this is Jess from the future recording this to tell you that episode 7 had some issues and our sound quality is not up to its normal standard. So thank you for sticking through with us and please enjoy the episode and forgive us if it sounds horrendous. We're gonna do better. Please enjoy episode 7 from Brie and I and Dungeons and Dopamine. Dungeons and Dopamine. Ta-da! Welcome to Dungeons and Dopamine. I'm Jess Worsniak. I'm Bree Fagan. And we are here to deliver your weekly dose of dopamine. Yay! I know that we're pretty much the source you come to now, and it's it's okay. You don't have to be ashamed of being addicted to us. It's Wednesday understandable. Wednesday has been my favorite day of the week, too. It only makes sense that it's yours now. Here we are. You're welcome. <laughs> we just lost every viewer we've Aww. ever listener we've ever had. Like, <laughs> None of them. <laughs> they also deleted our contacts off their phones. Because <laughs> half of them, three quarters of them, know us personally. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of that, that's a great transition, and it was totally accidental, but I'm going to take advantage of it. Um, we have some people we want to say thank you to because, frankly, we've had some really cool support. And, and we super appreciate the people that are, you know, consistently listening to the podcast and watching our social media and liking and sharing and just generally being excited for us because. It's really excited to have other people be excited about things we're excited about. It's really fun, and we want to reach as many people as we can. And that might mean that you don't really love our show, but I mean, of course you do. But <laughs> sharing it with someone or sharing our Facebook posts or, or whatever it is that you're doing to support us just um, helps that. And we might be able to get the word out and be cool. And that could be Just saying. <laughs> so super shout outs to John. David. Our Melissa's. There's two of them. Ryan, the husband. And Zach, the other husband. And of course, Leanne. And Kathy slash my bestie. And of course, Katie. We love our Katie. Katie's known about this podcast since before we were sure we were going to have a podcast. Back when it was still a dream. She used to hear me talk about it all the time. And she'd be like, well, what are you guys going to talk about? And I'd be like, Katie, it doesn't matter what we're going to talk about. And now, Katie, we're talking about you. Yay! Hooray! I, <laughs> I like that you took it to excitement because I was kind of menacing, and I, I appreciate that. That jolt. It out a little bit really confused people on whether they love Katie or were threatening Katie. Because sometimes it's both. Only Katie truly knows. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of smoke in Michigan right now from the Canadian wildfires. Which is awful. It's and so awful. Awful for my allergies and my asthma. So I sound funny. 
and I may sniffle. I have nothing to follow that up with, but yeah, the smoke sucks, but it did help a lot with that menacing-ish voice. I'm going to listen back and be like, Jessica, really? During editing, I'm going to be like, that wasn't menacing at all. Because if you've ever met her, (laughs) she has to try really hard to be menacing. Look, I like making friends. (laughs) She's really good at it, too. Sometimes you lose her for 15 to 20 minutes in New York. And then you find out she's just been at the cash register the whole time, making friends with the cashier and just talking about things like Legos and, I don't know, Harry Potter, I think, probably Beetlejuice, because I think we either had just seen it or you were getting ready to see it. Oh, so good. That happens (laughs) way more than you would think. (laughs) Look, so... Waiters and waitresses, it seems like like a no-brainer because you don't want them to be angry with you. They're the last people on earth you want to anger. But I feel like I'm nice to my waiters and waitresses <laughs> okay. and friendly. This is not a discussion. I have never them <laughs> you never Facebook friended them. <laughs> and we have kept waitresses as friends. And have hung out with them on later dates, which is amazing. <laughs> I did. When we were in New York, I made friends with the guy at the bookstore. The Strand Bookstore. It's a magical place. I could live there. Oh my gosh, yes. And I was telling him that he should move to Michigan and open a Strand. And as we were leaving, I was like, okay, great. We'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) And I made friends with my, my bestie at the optometrists he's amazing just the best sense of humor and i love her and you made best friends with someone ryan used to work with (laughs) yeah point where when i saw him in public i don't know seven (laughs) years later i could only remember him as being my best friend's (laughs) best friend and the minute i called him my best friend's best friend he said you know jessica I got, I've got nothing to follow this up with. I am leaving you speechless this week. It's true. That's impressive. It must be the smoke. <laughs> it's affecting everything. It's, uh, it's messing my brain up. Well, that's a different type of smoke. <laughs> Just kidding. Jessica doesn't. <laughs> no, actually, though, that's another great transition. This episode is all about fabulous transitions by accident. <laughs> So I've gone over conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. and then I've gone over (laughs) folklore. (laughs) Folklore. Now, I'm going to start talking about our brains a little, but more like things that our brains do to screw us up. Mm -hmm. And ideally, this has nothing to do with you and I, but I'm going to talk about narcissists. This is a loaded topic. Very much. I do typically practice these subjects on Ryan before we record. So, and poor guy, he has to listen to us. Well, he has to listen to me first. Then he has to listen to us repeatedly. And then he has to listen to us again because he listens after it's published. Right. <laughs> so. So I owe him like Christmas presents this year. Yeah, Christmas. probably. Like a couple. Maybe. When's his birthday again? July 7th. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you'll do something cooler than I do. 
he always gets the short end of the stick because it's right after the 4th of July and I'm tired. And I'm right. like, you're going to have to birthday yourself. <laughs> Good luck. I already <laughs> planned a party this week. Here, we're done. That's it. <laughs> so um, when I read these traits to Ryan and talked about narcissists, we both feel that we've known or know narcissists in our lives and have um, had to deal with them. But he was like, gosh, this is really scary because I can see some of these traits in myself. And I thought that was really interesting because as I was researching, I also was like, oh, crap. These traits feel personal. (laughs) And of course, not all of them do. But sometimes my inner little Jessica with like the with the devil on my shoulder just really likes to talk like this sometimes. So, um, of course, I'm no doctor. Please don't take me as one. And don't diagnose yourself because I would... Or people you love. Or people you love, exactly. I would almost say that if you're questioning the fact that you might be a narcissist, you're probably on your way to proving that you are not in fact, a narcissist. But once again, not a doctor. That is um, something you're going to hear me say until you're sick of it for the next several topics, because I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to throw out (laughs) medical information. (laughs) I'm just a Google master. I couldn't think of a good name. So Google master sounds super cool. I mean, ninja master sounds cooler, but Google master works. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Jeeves, Master. Just don't diagnose yourself. Don't diagnose people you love. I'm not a doctor, okay? Just, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> My next Facebook post is going to be me with, like, an, an not MD. <laughs> not MD. All right. That guy's voice from the end of whatever. It's like the company that does Scrubs, the show. At the end not of every episode, it says, not a doctor. It's not only scrubs, it's, um... I wonder if we can use it. Not a doctor. We'll have to see if we can find that noise as something we can actually use. Mm -hmm. That's not... And then we should put the Doogie Howser music under this whole talk. Yes. (laughs) To really confuse our listeners. (laughs) Jessica, not a doctor? Or she's actually so confused. (laughs) So All right. Recap. Jessica is not a doctor. No doctors here. None. None. So narcissists, though. Are they doctors? They might be. So I learned some shocking things about narcissists. For one, I'm going to preface this by also saying, besides everything, I've also already prefaced this. With. <laughs> I have a whole list. A whole list. Like that lady in the commercials. <laughs> I'll just read it really fast. It's mostly just that, and then I'm going to read the definition of narcissist from Wikipedia, and that's going to be the end of my whole spiel. Very informative. (laughs) Exactly. You're welcome. But I think the word narcissist gets bandied about a little bit too easily. I think it's so easy to people for people to use it like, well, Janet always eats the last brownie, and so she's a narcissist. No, Janet just likes brownies, and you're slow, so she ate your brownie. She's hungry. <laughs> her kids eat all her brownies at home. Yeah, that's the only chance she has. Mm-hmm. So, stop it. 
<laughs> and I think that when we use a word like that, like the word awesome, I think probably right. used to mean something way, way bigger and way better, like you know, whales or giant castles. And now we're like, did you see my dog sit? That was awesome. <laughs> I don't know why it's like a weird accent. I, There's my, done with <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that was my offensive accent for the show. <laughs> I have to have Always one a week. <laughs> Let me know what you want me to do next week. <laughs> Any suggestions? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I do think it's it's too freely used. We throw it out there. I agree. Narcissists do seem to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, it seems like you can't go very far without running into one. Now, statistically now, people are being diagnosed with narcissism more than ever. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly attributed to like, our culture and I don't I don't love the phrase boomers. Like I understand that baby boomers are a generational thing. Like millennials, we fall into millennial. So I don't just mean this by like, okay, boomer, but But the actual generation. Yes, actual baby boomers grew up in relative comfort. They didn't face a lot of really horrible circumstances. They didn't have any of the world wars. So they would have seen like the Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the foreign wars. Yes. My, my grandpa fought it. Yes. And I think the difference would be for what nobody really, Americans didn't really support the war in Vietnam. Right. We didn't want to send people there when there also wasn't. And I'm not trying to minimize the lives that were lost, but it wasn't the loss of life that we faced in the two big world wars. Mm-hmm. Boomers just had a little easier. When things are easier, it's much easier to uh, look out for yourself only. So you and your family are more important than your neighbor. Whereas during war, you helped your neighbor because Every, you had to, to war. Yes, you had to band together. Yeah. So they attribute it to that and then also idolizing people, celebrities and things like that. We have such an idolizing culture and I'm not putting anybody down because I'm the same way. Like Pedro Pascal, Henry, Henry Cavill. Yes, please. Um, (laughs) But we. it's different now. Yes. And we put them on a pedestal and they can do no wrong and they. Get all the money. Yes. Yes. And give them all the money. Yes. We do. Yeah. And like Disney and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I'm not saying that's necessarily dangerous. It just can really lead to narcissism. This whole thing falls under narcissistic personality disorder. It is a mental health condition in which people have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance, which I think we kind of knew that. Uh, They need and seek too much attention, and they want people to admire them. People with this disorder might lack the ability to understand or care about the feelings of other people. But in reality, they are not sure of themselves. They don't feel good about themselves 
and thus blow up at the first sign of criticism. This really surprised me. Narcissists typically look really impressive on paper. In their belief, they need to do the best. They need to do better than everybody else. Um, This is especially true in like corporate culture. You'll notice that narcissists typically get promoted really quickly because they put in the hours and take the time to get ahead because they don't care if they're hurting anybody else. The big problem is that when a narcissist hits that goal, whether it's an imagined goal that's just in their head or a real goal, they stop trying so they don't care anymore. They also make horrible leaders because they typically think that people below them are worthless. So those are your bosses who speak to you like you're trash, horrible leadership where they'll tell you one thing and then they'll throw you under the bus the next moment after you follow their instructions. Yes. sense of teamwork community. It's It's so frustrating even just to read about it on paper. It makes me want to scream. Mm -hmm. Now, this does affect more men than women, but women absolutely fall into narcissistic personality disorder as well. It does typically begin in young or in older teens and young adult. (laughs) Something I thought was really funny and rang very true for me was that children will often have narcissistic tendencies throughout their childhood. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Like, yeah, that toddler wants nothing but everything of their own. Oh, those years. So it's very important, and you want to be really careful that you're not trying to pin this on, like, your four-year-old who doesn't share his toys because he's an only kid or you're, you know, six-year-old. They're just running on instinct. Exactly. They're just feral, tiny humans. (laughs) You actually have to teach them that they have to care about other things. You don't need to start being worried about it until they're like teenagers or so. So narcissists in general are also very unhappy. They tend to think that people owe them regardless of not earning it. And narcissists don't often get help. They don't seek help because it's all your fault. It's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong and I will figure out a way to pin this on you instead of myself. I will not look inward. Now, there are, of course, different levels of narcissism. Not all narcissists are going to display all of the same attributes or at all of the same severities, Mm -hmm. I guess is a good way to say it. Now, I did find, and I'm just going to read this as a list because I think it's really good. The Mayo Clinic on their website had a really good list of symptoms would be the best way. And it's not like sneezing and stuff, but it's still symptoms. Exactly. Shoot. Don't get too close to her. She's got the narcs. Uh, (laughs) So this says symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder and how severe they can vary. People with this disorder can have unreasonably high sense of self-importance and require constant excessive admiration. They feel they deserve privileges and special treatment, expect to be recognized as superior even without achievement make their achievements seem larger or bigger than they are, be preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. This one calls me out. I already talked about Henry Cavill and Pedro Pascal. (laughs) And Ryan, (laughs) of course. Right, right. Uh, (laughs) They can also believe they are superior to others and only want to spend time with people who they feel are equally or more superior. (laughs) 
They can be critical and look down on people they feel aren't important. They require extra special favors, which they expect people to do without questioning them. They take advantage of others to get what they want. They have an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. They're envious of others, and they believe that other people envy them. They behave in an arrogant way, brag a lot, and come across as conceited. They also insist on having the best of everything, which would include like the best office, car, or pet. Now, at the same time, uh, people with narcissism have trouble handling anything they view as criticism. And if you do criticize them, they can become impatient or angry, have major problems interacting with other people, and feel slighted very easily. They might react with rage or contempt and try to belittle other people to make themselves seem superior. They might have difficulty managing their emotions and behavior, experience major problems dealing with stress and adapting to change, and withdrawal or avoid situations completely in which they're afraid they might fail. Which was another one that called me out because, like, oh. shoot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That was me. <laughs> um, these people do often fall into depression or become very moody because they fall short of their perceived expectations of themselves. And a lot of times they have secret feelings of insecurity and will get angry if they are humiliated or exposed for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Now that's a lot. That's a lot to remember. So on Duke Health, I found a really cool acronym. It's called Special Me. Remembering that can help you to sort of remember some of these. And so it's S- sense of self-importance, P, preoccupation with power, beauty, or success, E, entitled, C, can only be around people who are important or special, I, interpersonally exploitative for their own gain, A, arrogant, L, lack empathy, M, must be admired, and E, envious of others or believe others are envious of them. I really like that. I think mm-hmm. it sums it up really nicely. And if you're looking, you know, inward or at someone, maybe understanding that a little bit can help you to deal with them. If you meet five of those traits, that's when you need to start thinking about getting some intervention. Once again, if a narcissist reads all those traits, they're probably not going to see it in themselves. That's not me. <laughs> I that's never. Those other people. Exactly. I've noticed in my life and in especially TikTok stories, there's a ton of people out there. There are a lot of people in our generation, millennials, and probably in the Gen Z generation coming up that have been raised by narcissists because we've been raised by the boomer generation. Mm -hmm. Once again, I'm not doing okay, boomer. (laughs) (laughs) It's not their fault. (laughs) Just had the good years. I mean, there are some. For one person's wage instead of everybody needing to work all the time. You're hurting my feelings. I'm hurting my feelings. I'm hurting myself. Hey, boomers. I want to be a boomer. Forget. I don't care if millennials hate me. I mean, I do now because I am one and I'm right. very sensitive. But. Trigger warning. <laughs> exactly. I notice a lot of people who TikTok is like wild with these. So if you're ever feeling like you want to hear some of these stories, 
TikTok is the place to be. Now, being raised by a narcissist doesn't typically turn you into a narcissist. It actually almost does the opposite. That makes sense. Yes, because narcissists don't want you to be better. You're the scapegoat. Care of them. The scapegoat. Yeah. I had the word goat in my brain. That's as far as it would go. (laughs) But not like the goat. Right. I was like, that's not the same thing. It's actually really sad, the tendencies that these people usually have. There are 10 issues that I'm going to cover that are very closely linked with being raised by a narcissistic parent. Um, The first one is people-pleasing tendencies, feeling guilty when they consider their own needs, persistent self-doubt and indecision, chronic self-blame, believing they're unlovable or not good enough, Difficulty with trust and emotional intimacy, insecure attachment styles, codependent relationships, and or abusive relationships, becoming narcissistic themselves, which is one of them, but is one of the less likely, Mm -hmm. and a higher risk of mental issues. Now, some of the TikTokers who I've watched talk about some of the things they experienced growing up. And I thought that some of these were really interesting in a very sad way. They dealt with a lot of silent treatment from their parent, a lot of bullying, uh, physical abuse on occasion. This one was really something interesting that I made perfect sense once I thought about it. And that was having to conform to that parent's idea of a perfect family or home. Mm -hmm. So having to keep their bedroom spotless or always being dressed to the nines, um, having perfect makeup. Or whatever that is. Yes. Doing well. Yes. All A's. Getting into a certain college. Yep. Being in all the theater productions Mm -hmm. and being at the top of the bill, you know, kind of thing. So um, they would also have a home parent and a public parent. I've heard that. Yes. And a lot of times that public parent seems amazing. And I think we're all a little bit like a home parent and like a, you know, I am. I If Carly does something horrible in public, I'm not like, get the butter in your That's exactly how you sound at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I can remember being naughty as a kid and then getting that like hot, mom breath on the exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whisper in the ear if you don't shape up (laughs) (laughs) and and that's okay this is a very severe mom home versus mom public kind of thing not just the i don't yell at my kid at the grocery store i wait till we're in the car (laughs) kind of thing (laughs) like the I don't pull my kid's hair in public, but I do at home. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a lot of gaslighting, which has become such a popular buzzword lately. Yeah. Love bombing. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that one. It is when they will upset you or hurt you or or you will upset or hurt them and they will take it out on you. And then they will start sending or purchasing you gifts or maybe it's not even, maybe financially they can't do that, but they can leave you little love notes or make your school lunches and things like that. Yes, I'm so sorry this happened. I got you. Yes, I got you the new iPhone. 
because they threw your phone against the wall and broke it. Yes, absolutely. This one kills me. Extreme measures of taking the attention away from them at events. Two of them that I heard, a mother who faked illness or or something on every one of these man's anniversaries. The most recent one was they were planning to leave town and his mother called him and she was bawling. I need you to come here. I need you to hurry. It's an emergency. And when he got there, his mom was sitting in the living room watching TV. She needed him to move a table. Mm. And this wasn't just a one-off thing. This was every anniversary. But this also will happen on things like um, graduations, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then the other one I heard was the mother faking a heart attack while her grandchild was being born because no one was paying attention to her. They were paying attention to the birth mother. These, like, they pain me. (laughs) I can't even imagine. Now, this is another really sad thing. A lot of these kids live in constant hope that their parent will change because when the good times are good, they're really good, but they usually don't. Um, They learn that love is transactional. Mm -hmm. The more you do for me, the more I will love you. And a lot of times they end up low contact or no contact with that with their parent or with both because sometimes they do feel their other parent has enabled the behavior. Mm-hmm. Narcissists aren't just parents. They can be in romantic relationships. It's very challenging to be in a romantic relationship with a narcissist. Oftentimes they start off really fun and really impressive because they want to be the best date you've ever had. So they know all the right things to say. They know all the right places to take you. They're going to pour their money on you, all of that kind of stuff. You're going to think this is amazing. And then it changes and they will start to judge you and they will start to criticize you. And occasionally they will start to try to transform who you are as a person. It's very dangerous. Oftentimes in a relationship, they'll impress you at first and then they'll start to slowly devolve into these behaviors, uh, making every conversation about them. Mm-hmm. Which I have a really hard time with because of my ADHD. Right. We relate to every story by telling a story where we also felt that way. Yes, exactly. And I feel like I'm being endearing and like, like you said, relating to them Really, I'm just being a jerk and being like, I don't care about your story. <laughs> yeah, but listen to my story. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I struggle with that too. <sighs> um, they do expect preferential treatment. They act like they're more important than others. They feed off compliments from you and from others. They show little concern for your feelings. They're very focused on their superficial matters, their car, their looks, their clothes. They have very few, if any, friends. They're charming when it suits them. They're very sensitive to your criticisms. They are often very manipulative. So you will also experience narcissism in friendships. Uh, I feel like I've well covered a lot of the traits of narcissism. If you think you may be experiencing narcissism in a friendship, you know, if they're insulting you all the time or if when you're done hanging out with them, you don't feel better than you did when you left to go hang out with them, you might want to just dive in a little bit and see if they might be a narcissist. And if you feel like the friendship is one-sided or any relationship, yes, basically the support person, you know, you're always in the background because they have to be the main character all the time. Yep. 
Yep, or if they're bringing you down around your other friends because they have to be the best. Yes. Don't look at her. Yes. I'm Amazing. Um, so just, you know, look into some of these next tactics. Tactics. <laughs> what a, another great segue. This is just the episode. This is better than segues. Or better than transitions. Better than transitions. Better than segues. They don't know this is going to be about right. segues or segues. Yeah, I think that's going to be it. Um, <laughs> this is better than segues. Dealing with a narcissist can look a little bit different depending on the situation that you're in with them. If it's a relationship, you're going to deal with it differently than you are if this is your boss or a coworker. And of course, you're going to deal with it differently if it's a parent. Even like we are, ha- we would have very different experiences with a narcissistic parent than a 15 year old would. Right. Because they can't just walk leave. They yeah. can't go no contact. Exactly. They're very dependent. They have to stay legally. They can't even walk out yet. So some of the tips with dealing with a narcissist, um, number one is to learn. Um, like I did. I researched so much for this topic. I actually had to cut it down because I had too much to say and too much to talk about and too many stories to tell. So learn. Learn how to identify one and why they are the way they are. And then this one's not an easy or a very popular one, but just don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're finding that it is someone that you can say goodbye to, dismiss out of your life, then do it. Easier said than done. Right. Especially in the case of a parent or a love, you know, a husband or a wife or a child I can't even imagine so I know that one's very difficult (laughs) the next one is also unpopular but might be a great idea if it is a coworker or boss and that is to kiss up or shut up (laughs) and that advice is to feed into their needs which I'm making a face involuntarily (laughs) of like nobody wants to do that yeah yeah you have to to keep the peace it might be what you've got to do. Sometimes it's easier if you understand it at least. Yes, exactly. Um, this one I actually really like, and that is to play up to their ego, but not in the same way as like kissing up. More like, but Bree, what would the neighbors think if you left the lawn that long? Or, oh, that's funny because you're talking about feral gardening. <laughs> Sorry, that was unrelated. <laughs> so narcissistic. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just cut your lawn, okay? Never. <laughs> I, I couldn't even see it if I drove by your house. I'd have to no. pull up to your house and judge you from there. <laughs> well, at this point, the flowers have kind of hidden that part, too, so it's fine. Oh, sorry. That was ironically <laughs> so mean. Um, unintentionally so mean. <laughs> but to play up to them, like, well you know, mom, if we don't go to church this Sunday, what will the pastor think? You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because you want to get to church and your mom doesn't, you know. So keep things brief. Info diet them or stonewall them. They don't need to know all the information. If you're dealing with someone, a family member who has to dig into your life and know everything and then uses that as ammo against you, don't tell them. Um, <laughs> tell them as little as you can. Uh, change the 
the subject. Change the subject to them. They love talking about them. These ones are also very difficult. And that is to gently bring attention to their problematic behavior or their inconsistencies. You just have to be very careful with this because they are fragile and... Explosions. Yep. And they don't believe that they're doing anything wrong. So... It's very difficult to approach them. The last bit of advice is to set some boundaries and hold on to them. And you must be willing to hold on to them. So don't set unrealistic boundaries. Set some that you can bear. It's tough. I I don't know the best way to end it because it's really tough to deal with a narcissist. I love that. No, again, no offense to the boomers. I love that. (laughs) I feel like our generation has kind of embraced this idea of understanding past trauma and understanding yes. these these mental issues that many of us have been saddled with yes our parents generation came from a generation that definitely didn't care about mental health no it was embarrassing to yeah. be mentally ill and then our parents or the boomer generation you know maybe some of them are seeking treatment now or going through therapy or maybe started in earlier ages but it's still rather new for them. But our generation, at least, I feel like is coming up. And even though we're all screwed up <laughs> and we're living through like the most ridiculous time, oh my gosh. <laughs> we're at least, or some of us at least, are looking into therapy and looking into treatment. And, you know, I love the word boundary. I love the yes. word, you know, being able to, especially with ADHD and being the type of person that just naturally overshares, it has been very hard for me to not only set boundaries, especially like work boundaries, yes. but also the info diet stuff. Yes. When there's someone in your life that you know has whatever personality defect is hurtful to you, being able to, okay, well, I can still maintain a relationship with them, but I don't need to tell them everything. Yes. I don't need to tell them the stuff that I know they're going to use against me later. Or, or judge, or judge later. Or twist. Or, yes. You know, use against me with someone else. Especially in those relationships that you truly can't cut out. Right. Sometimes wanting to end a relationship with someone isn't just about not hanging out with them anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about cutting off not just that person, but seven people because right. they're all rallied around this person. Um, the good news after all of that is that narcissists can change if they're willing to put the work in. Um, it's not a medicated thing. There isn't really a medication to take to change narcissistic tendencies. But um, I do follow one on one man on TikTok, and he is a recovering narcissist. And he says he is always going to be a narcissist. He's very open about it, and I really appreciate it. He's actually a hilarious guy, too. But he just admits, I'm recovering, and I have to work on it every day. And I have to think before everything comes out of my mouth. And... Uh, One thing I really like is I read that every time you start to judge someone else, and I I like to practice this in my own life, even though maybe it's narcissistic to say, but I don't think I am a narcissist. (laughs) I hope not. Every time you start to think, think something negative about someone like, oh my gosh, they sound so stupid, or they look at the car they're driving, you actually turn it around and you make yourself say something nice about them instead, mm-hmm. even if it's just to yourself, or even if it's about yourself. And you look in the mirror and you're like, I look so tired today. You know what? My eyes look beautiful. 
(laughs) And I really like that. And I think that it can really change the way you're thinking about Mm -hmm. stuff. So that's my bonus. I do that to my husband. I love that. He says something negative about himself. I'll look at him and be like, hey, don't talk about my (laughs) Ryan does that too. Even when Connor's naughty or doing something, if he does something, like he, he yells at Zach, hey. Yes. Because whether I'm talking about myself or if Zach's talking about himself or we're talking about other people, I don't want my kid to think like that's how it's done. Yes, right. You know, that you should, that it's you have a you have a little girl. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's not as hard in our house because boys. <laughs> um, but like how you look, how you feel about how you look. You're, you know, whether it's, you know, you don't have any makeup on or, or how you feel about your weight or, you know, oh, I, you know, I didn't do the laundry today. I'm such a failure. Like not putting that on your kid to have them, you know, worried about stupid stuff. Stupid like how stuff. makeup they wear. My, my kid right now has this. She got Ulta gift cards for her birthday, mm-hmm. which... Awesome. awesome. She loves that. So I took her and she bought herself a red lipstick like a red lipstick and i tried so many times to change her mind i was like look at this one it smells like strawberries no she wanted the real red lipstick and every time she walks out wearing it i tell her she's beautiful because she feels so confident Mm -hmm. in it and and I still won't wear red lipstick. Yeah, I'm really confident about it because someone someday at some point I told you it was too much or something. Or I used too much. Or my yep. Teeth looked yellow. Yep. Or... So I've taken. It's really it's hard to do mom. because a seven year old wearing bright red lipstick <laughs> seems inappropriate. But at the same time, you know what? She walks out and she feels amazing that's so cool exactly and and like how who am i to tell her no so i instead i have started saying like okay well i don't think that this is a red lipstick kind of event like trying to teach her yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like we're just going shopping at meyer let's not wear the red lipstick let's see if we can find a pink or some lip gloss to wear i don't wear my red lipstick to just any red lipstick is party lipstick which did backfire on me when i went to my nephew's party at dave and busters (laughs) so i tried to convince her that dave and busters wasn't a red lipstick kind of place and she said but mom it's a party and i was like checkmate you got it and (laughs) so i said okay well once you've got it on make sure it's not on your teeth (laughs) which is a good lesson to learn but it's it is hard to i don't want her to hate anything about herself Mm -hmm. ever and so yeah anyway uh i don't really know where i was going with that or where we were going with that but narcissists are difficult yeah and now you know all about them (laughs) (laughs) now you can pick one out of a crowd exactly we're not doctors not doctors i am not a doctor i'll never be a doctor that's not, I mean, I could be a doctor someday. You never know. That might be your hyper focus next week. Shoot. Maybe it'll stick. I mean, you do get obsessed. <laughs> For years. <laughs> and that's how long medical school takes. Neat. <laughs> and so much money. Yes. This podcast needs to get real big real fast. Do you hear that, people? <laughs> we need more listeners because Jessica needs to go to medical school. Jessica Warzniak, MD. Yep. 
Um, she's going to need to make enough money to not have to work mm -hmm. because I just can't have her trying to work <laughs> and go to medical school and have a family and, and do my social media <laughs> and have a podcast. I really feel like that's one, mm -hmm. one too many. One too many. Yeah. <laughs> Step up. Maybe now is when we make a Patreon. Yes. <laughs> End of episode. We're done. <laughs> Check out our Patreon. Thanks. <laughs> um, if we ever start a Patreon, it won't be to send me to medical school. I just want to, like, I don't want someone to make a big donation right. being like, Jessica, this is going to help you so much. I've so buy all your books. In the podcast, and you go to medical school. <laughs> Here's this scholarship very specific just for that reason. <laughs> what a wildly specific thing to want. I need a podcaster who wants to be a doctor. <laughs> if I'm someday filthy rich enough to just have a bunch of random scholarships yes. like that. Oh my gosh, we could be <laughs> like Jacksepticeye. kids that only <sighs> play small parts in the background. I don't care about and do silly stars. nursery rhyme poems and yes. breakfast club skits. Yes. <sighs> Jacksepticeye and Markiplier. They're very wealthy dudes that do video game streaming and stuff. I think that most people know the names because of how big they are. They do they do those things where like they log on to somebody's Twitch and donate 10 G's just to like catch their reaction and stuff. Um, I would absolutely be that type of rich person too. Oh, I would love that. Or like leaving like way too big of a tip. Yep. Oh, that if I was ever one of those rich people that end up poor ten years later, like if I won the lottery and ended up in the newspaper a few years later because I lost it all, it'd be because I was like leaving ten thousand dollar tips. <laughs> You never go I'm back. Like, I'm gonna do this everywhere. <laughs> you just made me happy. I would. I would be so popular. <laughs> I already make the friends, and then I could buy them and keep them forever. <laughs> I would be like, come to my commune. I want you in a house. We can be friends forever. <laughs> this is hippie Bree. She's gonna teach you how to live the life. <laughs> And then we'd get arrested for... Cults. Yeah. Cults. Well, we should topic cults. Ooh. Don't write that down. <gasps> yeah. Um, speaking of that... I have a topic. Well, I was going to interrupt you for just a second. I was going to say, as our midpoint piece of something... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, everyone remember to share your unpopular... Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's remind everyone to share their unpopular opinions with us. Yes, we are still looking for unpopular opinions that we can talk about. We've got and some rant about really great ones. We get funny when we rant. <laughs> and it's very therapeutic. And super worked out about literary characters that do not exist. Yes. It's totally worth it. Um, the only unpopular opinion. <laughs> Stop talking about me. <laughs> the only unpopular opinion I will not accept is that the Aragon movies were good. Aragon movie. 
If you say that to me, we aren't friends anymore. You haven't seen it? No. You said Aragog. Oh. There's going to be. And Christopher Paulini, the author, is actually like a part of it. Which seems important, obviously. real. Oh, I hated that movie. I remember going with you, actually. You and me and exes were double dating. And I hadn't read the book. And we watched the movie. And I was like, okay, that was fine. And then you and the other guy were like, no, that was awful. It was (laughs) horrible. Because they're really good. And I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. It's, it's all right. <laughs> and then I bought the deer, the the clearance DVD for like a dollar. And then I finally read the books, which I now read them every year. I was say, now it's on your yearly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's the worst movie I've ever seen. I would rather watch Geely. And that was a horrible movie. You never saw that. One. Don't. It's so not worth your time. Oh, wait. There is one called Christina's House. But that's actually... Genius. I remember that. <laughs> Christina and I bought Christina's house one day. We were at Meyer or something together. And we went back to her house and watched it. It was genius. <laughs> anyway, that was a tangent. Yes. Topics. We're good at those. We are good at those. I we're also good at segues. <laughs> we are even better than segues. <laughs> Fact. Mm-hmm. Um, this has no transition because I, again, picked a bright, ridiculously happy, um, I guess there's like one sad part about it. Um, I am going to talk about butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you left us on a feral garden in cliffhanger. No, never mind. I'm totally lying. That was actually last week. Okay. I just really, it's did so I just scary. freak you out? <laughs> Oh no! Where do I start? I was thinking of episode five, which I just finished editing, and we just right. published. But there is there's a whole episode, episode between that, yeah. which is good because I would not be able to finish it. So if I did end it on a cliffhanger, I apologize because it was a while ago, and I don't remember at all. This is, I mean, this is kind of on the same tangent because it is butterflies, specifically about monarch butterflies. So this started probably because I was thinking about my lawn and my garden, um, but also because my mom really likes butterflies. I still think of your mom when I think of butterflies. Hi, butterflies bring me joy and they bring my mom joy. And Connor is at that age. He's He'll be seven soon, so he's at that, like, super exciting, we talk about life cycles of bugs and all of that. And I noticed milkweed for the first time at the end of my driveway this year. And I was at the end of the school year trying to be very healthy, and I was making Connor walk to the bus stop every day, which we have, our driveway's about a quarter, quarter of a mile long. So we were it's walking a good walk. down there in the morning. I Well, I was walking four times a day, twice in the morning and then twice in the afternoon to get him. And I was checking the milkweed. As everything I do goes, I started way ahead of doing any research. So I'm looking for these eggs and I'm not finding any. And um, I, you know, I've read one paragraph about how to find monarch eggs and it wasn't working. So I started doing a little bit of research and then found my first monarch eggs last week. So, I got a picture of them when yes, you found them. I was very excited. We um, can share that on the Facebook. The sad news is one of them did die, and it was sad. The um, egg died? Or well, the milkweed? Or... So here's, 
I'll just keep going and then I'll get back to my eggs. So most of my information comes from the website Save Our Monarchs, SaveOurMonarchs.org along with a really cool book that I'll plug at the end because apparently that's what I do now is I attach books to my podcast episode. I don't think I did for Feral. Yeah, no, I did for Feral. You did. That's yeah, absolutely. Like the change. And I have a few coming up as well. I need to really quickly Google a book about narcissists. <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty. Oh my gosh. By the way, I, can... I have been reading your camping books. And... Why do you like them? Oh, well, you know, I have to skim some of it because it's too scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I really like it. Also, I know. And it feels really well written for being a lady on Reddit. Yes. So. I, I'm very impressed. She's so good. I know that that's a total tangent, but I'm really excited that you, <laughs> that you did. We'll about that later. Yes. Yeah, so we'll um, move on. So I decided that Connor and I were going to try to raise some monarchs this year and eventually started researching that. Ended up on this website because monarch butterflies are an endangered species, which I guess I kind of knew in the back of my brain, but yeah, they weren't like everybody's been talking about bees for a while now. Right. So I've been very concerned about bees, I guess. I don't know. Um, but monarchs are endangered. And part of that is because... Um, Monarch caterpillars can only eat milkweed. It is the only food they can consume. And milkweed is being wiped out because, again, we were raised by a generation that wanted really pretty, perfect green lawns. And milkweed is called milkweed, so it must be a weed that has to be pulled and destroyed. And, you know, pesticides kill butterflies and all the pollinators. And basically, we've just been slowly destroying the earth for the last, you know, 50 years or more. 50. 50? Um, I mean, I don't know. The okay, unfortunately. Age, we're getting older now. It's probably more like 70. Yeah. Years. Ouch. I think it was 50 years when we were in school. Anyway, this we're is twice old, now that you've hurt my feelings. And we're destroying the <laughs> earth. Um, and that is leading to a lot of pollinators being an issue, but specifically this one is the monarchs. The cool thing about monarch butterflies, they are the only species of butterfly that migrate. Okay, and yeah, I've seen photos of that. A giant migration. Dang. All the way from Mexico to Canada every year. I'd love to be in the path of migration. And it used to be, and so we know that monarchs are endangered because it used to be like millions of butterflies, of monarch butterflies would settle in these groves in, in Mexico where they hibernate. They hibernate. <laughs> Didn't know that either. Yeah. And then they wake up from their hibernation and they start this migration. And the crazy thing about it, which makes sense because we know that bugs don't live a long time. Right. So I was like, well, how are like yeah, how, how are butterflies migrating from Mexico? But it's actually a generational migration. So these butterflies wake up from hibernation, they get as far as they can, they find the milkweed in Texas, and they lay their eggs. And those eggs hatch and eat the milkweed and become monarch butterflies. And they fly as oh, far as they wow. can. And it's a, every year it's like a four-generation I was going to ask if you knew how many generations they were. And the, and usually they live, you know, two to six weeks-ish. But that last generation, so usually the generation that's born in, like, Michigan, Canada, this area, lives much longer, like six to eight months. But it's because they go back to Mexico and they hibernate. So, you know, a bunch of the time that they're alive, they're actually hibernating and not really living. But 
they live for a long time considering they're bucks. So monarchs, they're, for, they're important to us, not only because they're pollinators, and we know that we need more pollinators these days because that's, you know, where all our food comes from is where all of these different plants being pollinated. But also because they migrate so far, I imagine they're probably very important to different parts of our ecosystem across their whole migration area. Sure. So we want to save the monarchs. Eat the emus. Save the monarchs. Save the monarchs. Connor wanted me to remind everyone that you should not eat monarch butterflies because they uh-huh. are poisonous. And he knows this um, mostly from the wild crats, but also because orange insects tend to be poisonous. That's how they tell nature not to eat them. So any brightly colored bugs or even like like poisonous dart frogs are brightly colored. Yeah. And that is like the universal nature signal not to eat them. And they are poisonous because they eat milkweed. And milkweed is apparently poisonous. Don't eat milkweed. I thought when you said earlier that you were trying to be healthier, you were going to say that you were going to eat the milkweed or that you did eat the milkweed. And I was very concerned. No, don't um, eat the milkweed. Don't eat the milkweed. It's poisonous. And it's <laughs> also for the butterflies. It's for the butterflies. You step off. <laughs> I actually had to. We had some volunteer, um, like, teenage kids come into the township hall a few last week to do some landscaping as part of like a church like a volunteer program or something yeah and i got there late one day and they were doing some landscaping in the back of the building and i know there's a bunch of milkweed back there and i got back there and i went in the back and they were like oh do you know what we're supposed to do with all this like brush that we've pulled out and i was like no not at all but i'll i'll find someone to help you with that but also um, do you see these plants right here? These are called milkweed. Don't touch them. Please don't ruin them. And they were all like, uh, okay. And it's like, no, for real. <laughs> the weeds? No, the milkweeds. They're butterfly food. And butter. these monarchs are endangered. So we're careful with these. And they were like, well, don't go look over on that side. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. Do you know how many monarchs you just killed? <laughs> But then I found my monarch eggs there two days later, so it must have been. So you did, yeah. Maybe they cleared the brush they cleared out helped the butterflies find the milkweed. They were they were great kids. I so you remember how you were talking a few weeks ago about how you would be very likely to follow the lights? Yes. So I I like bright colors (laughs) and so you would eat the monarchs. I would touch them, like the frogs, the poison oh, dart frogs. Yeah. My my one wish in life is to hold one of those adorable little cute <laughs> snuggle it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um So you understand my problem. I do. I didn't think I would relate to that, but when you said that I was like, Oh I wanna just snuggle it. <laughs> and I think my issue with lights actually is because of the lightning bugs. Uh sure. love lightning bugs i think they're like tiny little pieces of magic during the summer yes they and are so that's why i would 100 percent follow the lights <laughs> so we make a really great team we, we should never go to the rainforest or the campground we will yes sure die. i mean we were like many weeks ago planning to camp together <laughs> but i did tell you that you might not want to after i did my folklore stuff True. and 
Make sure you keep reading those books. <laughs> well, now I have to know all the rules so I know how to protect myself. Then rule number one is don't follow the lights. You're already screwed. It's rule number three, okay? <laughs> <laughs> At least you, you'll know. I don't when... remember what rule number one is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Rule number one, follow the lights. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so, monarchs. Um, another interesting thing I learned when I was finally researching is the modern life cycle is actually pretty much quicker than I thought. I don't know why I thought butterflies took, like, time to change from caterpillars into butterflies, but the eggs are only eggs for, like, four to five days, and then they hatch into these tiny little, you can barely see them, I'll I'll share pictures. Perfect. Um, caterpillars. And they're really only caterpillars for two weeks. Wow. And they double in size like every couple days. So the cute book that I will um, also link with this episode, which is a step-by-step kid's book. Um, oh, I was going to say, I hope it's the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> and he ate it. Oh, and he ate some <laughs> um, Sorry, I just with you. don't even have the name now, but it's a super cute, like, step-by-step how to raise monarchs book for kids on Kindle. It was $10. Um, they, because it's a kid's book, they had lots of cool facts in it. And they said if a human grew in size the way a caterpillar does, you would grow to the size of a school bus within two weeks. Holy cow. So that's how much, like, they're doubling in size every day. Or so. Wow. And then they, when they switch into a chrysalis, there's, like, they have it down to the hours. There's, like, 14 hours where the caterpillar will climb to the top of the enclosure and hang in a J position. It holds its little head up. And if you catch it at just the right time, you can watch the pupa form. Like, it just comes out of their skin, and you can, like, with your eyes watch this happen. That both intrigues and completely freaks me I out. I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to have to take the day off work. Like, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to see that my caterpillar is in the J position, and I'm just going to have to stare at it. For, and like, for guys, I can't maybe do a anything. Maybe 14 hours until this happens. Right. It's, it's the only reasonable thing. I mean, we're You probably really should set up a camera so that we can all share this moment with you. Because otherwise, it's very narcissistic of you not to. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to think of the others. Um, that will be all about that, I'm sure of it. Perfect. So just don't do volume in case. Let's write that. And then, so then they turn in, they're the chrysalis for how many days? Not very many. 10, I want to say. Yes. And you can, again, if you keep a close enough eye on them, you can see when they're getting close to hatching or emerging from their chrysalis. Because you'll actually be able to see the pattern of the wings through the tape. Cool. And the book gets really detailed. Like, again, you can sit there and watch and see it emerge. It usually takes like a minute and it happens early in the morning. So hopefully it doesn't happen on like a Sunday when I get to sleep in. And, but then they have to like stay in the enclosure for a couple hours because their wings are really wet when they first emerge. Oh. So they can't fly away right away. And this is probably where, like, a lot of monarchs 
are murdered in their very early days of or minutes of life because they can't do anything. And everything I read also, by the way, super encourages raising monarch butterflies because, you know, a lot of times we're told with nature, like, leave it alone, let it do its yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But we're so worried about these mm-hmm. butterflies that they mm-hmm. encourage it because it's safer th- for them to be raised in captivity than it is for them to be out in nature. And the funny thing is you are actually the second person I know very well who is going to do this. I had a couple people, um, probably during COVID, that did it, and they that I was Facebook friends. But Connor was still really young, and right. we didn't have any um, milkweed nearby, so it just wasn't on the list then. <clears throat> but it's like Connor learned about it in school this year. The butterfly life cycle, like the mo- the milkweed appeared at the township and at home, so I had the opportunity. I don't know. It just seems. And it worked for a podcast episode. Let's yeah, be honest. It yeah. gave me a reason to sit down and research all of this. Yeah, so then they got into detail. So the monarch emerges. You have to keep it in this enclosure for a few hours. And then they're like, oh, watch the weather. If it's going to be a nice, clear day, you can just, you know, by now you have them in like a basically a mesh laundry basket. Um, they're like, if the weather's nice, you can let them be free. But it gets into, like, if the weather is not nice, you should keep them as long as you can. But okay. if it's noon the next day, then you have to feed them. And it gives you, like, a recipe of sugar water to oh, make. Oh, cool. Okay. And then different fruits that you can give them because monarchs will eat fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sugar. And they need the sugar to be able to fly. So hopefully none of that has to happen because it sounds like a lot. While you've been talking, I have... Googled, um, ADHD dual thought process. <laughs> um, you can actually buy milkweed seeds yes. on Amazon. Yes. I'm sorry if that butts into what you were going to say later, that but almost my next point. So you don't have to just raise monarchs. You can just like provide food for them, build, you know, back to the feral gardening, build wildflower gardens in your yard so that they have places to eat. Because even though the caterpillars can only eat milkweed, the butterflies themselves can pollinate a whole bunch of flowers. So you can, uh, I think I read there's 11 different types of milkweed, so you can find whatever is local to your area. Or, you know, it grows all the way down the road. If you're around here right now, you could just snatch some and plant it in your yard. Just make yeah. sure that you're doing the snatching legally. Yes. Um, asking or, yeah, yeah. Don't be on someone's property. <laughs> plant them in your house or not in your house. Please don't plant them in your house. <laughs> that won't help at all. <laughs> Maybe you want to raise the butterflies in your <gasps> butterfly house. <laughs> <laughs> we need to pitch this idea to your mom. She would, I bet she's already on it. She heard <laughs> she it. That. She she's on this. Amazon. She's ready. Some of this milkweed has really pretty flowers too. It, I I didn't realize. Brown, yeah. There's an orange one, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Um, they also recommend like big flat stones. Because okay. butterflies need, you know, space to spread out for their wings. And they really like water. So they do something called puddling, which I now remember I've read about before, but had completely forgotten about when this came up. (laughs) Um, But like butterflies or even moths will all gather around like a sandy, wet puddle. 
Okay. And they drink the water through the sand and they get all the minerals that are in the water and in the sand. So you'll find big groups of butterflies. Okay. So you can build your own like puddling was, Yeah. Um, Maybe in a bird, a bird bath. bath yeah. It's usually sufficient for some of them. Lots of different flowers with different colors. There's actually a website, um, it's called gardenswithwings.com, where you can put in your zip code and it'll list a whole bunch of actual butterfly species and you can decide which species you want to attract and it'll tell you what flowers you should plant. That's awesome. It was really overwhelming for me because there was a <laughs> lot of choices for butterflies and then there was a lot of choices for all the plants. So I needed like an easy button after that where it would just be like, here's 10 choices. <laughs> Narrow it down to the most common like or the most beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to work on that. But I do want to improve just how much we offer for the butterflies and for the pollinators. But right now, I just, right now we're at step one. So we, well, step two. So we had two eggs. They both hatched. One hatched the day after I found them. And he crawled around for a little bit and then he stopped crawling. And I was, I don't know, I don't know anything about monarch caterpillars. So I kind of hope he was just chilling. Um, but then the other one hatched two days ago, and he has been much busier than the first caterpillar. So we knew the other one was dead. <laughs> but the second one still lives. I am taking suggestions for names. He is the creepiest little thing right now. <laughs> I will post pictures. And I, well, by the time this episode airs, I will probably have released him or her. Yeah. So by then I'll be able to post all the updates. Um, but like I said, they grow very fast. I'm only a couple weeks away from having a monarch butterfly to release. And I am going to keep looking for more eggs and more caterpillars as well. I think we should name him Baron Von Butterfly. <laughs> or Baron Von Monarch. <laughs> I think we need something Greek. Well, and once it gets into its chrysalis form, I learned from this beautiful children's book that you can tell the gender of the butterfly. Oh, nice. Because the chrysalis will actually get a small, it looks like a, it's a vertical line on the top of the chrysalis that tells you that it's a female. Whoa. Yeah. I also learned that monarch caterpillars poop a lot. You have to clean out their cage like every other day or so, depending on how many caterpillars you have, because they just poop all over the place. Which, again, I should have realized, because but, when we had the gypsy moth problem yeah. a couple of years ago, like, everybody was complaining because they were just dropping yucky poop all over. I guess I didn't want to think about how disgusting caterpillars in butterflies are, because they're so pretty at the end. But there's a lot of poop and goo and stuff involved in this situation. That book, Everybody Poops, is <laughs> incredibly accurate. Even <laughs> So, So the title of the book is How to Raise Monarch Butterflies, a Step-by-Step -step Guide for Kids. And it's by Carol Pasternak. Pasternak, okay. Um, and I liked this one the best because even the internet pictures just... I don't know. They weren't doing it for me. The websites, you know how like 
cooking websites nowadays. You try to get a recipe and it's like this big long story about like how it meant so much to her. Yes. He sources her ingredients specifically <laughs> from the local store down the road and everything's lovingly handmade. A lot of the modern websites kind of felt like that. It was like, well, here's my, I mean, the same thing I kind of did. Here's my personal story with when I raised monarchs. And I had, but I'm and, sorry, when I'm trying to make banana bread, I just want to get to my banana bread recipe. Exactly. I'm ready for some banana bread and to be in my tub. Researching things, I'm like, no, listen, I'm going to get my monarch eggs right now. <laughs> I don't need exactly. to know your story. <laughs> so I had trouble digging through the information, and I just, you know, even the Google images, a lot of the pictures seemed off. I was, I was on the struggle bus. I don't know why. But this book... This, I think, um, would be great to share on our Facebook, yeah. too. We can maybe even link it from Amazon. Yeah. And maybe even share some of the pictures because it, probably because it's made for children. Yeah. It was interesting, but it also, the pictures were very detailed. Like, when I do share the pictures, you'll see that monarch eggs are very identifiable. They look like, kind of like mini footballs once you get up close. I also want to say cell phone camera um, technology is incredible. Like the pictures that I'll share, you can see each individual little hair on these milkweed leaves. So you like these pictures that I got of the egg and these caterpillars are incredible. And it was a lot easier once I had this book and could compare them. Uh, it also had a lot of fun facts. It was really easy for Connor and I to have fun with. Again, it was on Kindle for 10 bucks. So it was easy. Easy. Yeah. Well, and then, it, you know, I'm sure there's a hard copy if you choose to buy so. Oh, yeah. As and well. I, got just, I got it right on Amazon. So I'm, I, you could probably even get it used somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that option. I don't know how much way. Monarch Care changes, but it seemed pretty up-to-date and useful. But there are a lot of other good Monarch websites out there. There's different habitats you can buy. People are doing really into, yeah. like building a whole habitat or building, you know, outside areas. I was in my brain considering like, how do I move this into the greenhouse I'm going to make someday? But that's a whole... A whole nother yes. topic. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yes. Do you or the book have any advice for someone? Like right now I am in no position <laughs> to bring something like monarchs into my house. But um, one, the cat worries me. Yes. And two, we are so under construction right now that oh, an entire floor of our home is completely useless. Our whole, um, one whole area of our home is packed with the stuff that's supposed to be up on that floor. So I would love to help. I would even be willing to plant the milkweed and buy milkweed and whatnot. How do I take care of them? The milkweed, the caterpillars, once, once I've got them happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So the book doesn't necessarily talk about that specifically, but if you, I mean, a lot of the, even the habitats, you could maybe, if you had the time and energy, you could probably keep them outside. Okay. Um, you want to make sure like the wind isn't going to take them over because when they first start out, you've got them in like a plastic container basically. Okay. And then they move into like a mesh enclosure, and, but you're still, you have to, you know, clean it out. You have to give them more milkweed all the time. So it, it's still a lot of work. If you were just trying to keep them outside, maybe bird netting almost. That's what I was Something wondering about, yeah. Or even chicken wire to keep over whatever, like if you plant a wildflower garden, 
maybe try to protect it with some sort of chicken wire or netting to try to just kind of keep it secure. Aerial predators from getting them, but they're also they get eaten by spiders and all kinds of tiny other little insects that destroy the eggs or destroy the the milkweed. The, the milkweed. So, aphids, I think, are a problem. Yeah, aphids or other bugs that like the milkweed get to it first. Spiders. Praying mantises, you know, nature is metal. Brutal. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so that would probably, I mean, you don't want to use pesticides. Of course. It's going to yeah. hurt the butterflies as much as it's going to hurt the spiders. So. Do chickens eat the monarch? So if you were to keep your chickens with the milkweed, would they help with any other pests? Or is that I just asking them for probably them? Probably just eating the <laughs> monarchs. <laughs> they are not picky eaters. They would probably be like, oh, a worm. A worm. I see a worm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do not think that would be a safe idea. So that's something that you, if you were considering, you'd want to research a little bit and see kind of what's safe and... Mm-hmm. Maybe try planting your milkweed even in an area, of course, where it's going to grow. So you're going to have to pay attention to conditions, but where it might be protected from something mm-hmm. like that. I also feed my birds. Yeah, so, so I've got to be careful where I've mm-hmm. got them. I don't want it That's near my bird point. feeder. Let's call all the pollinators into my <laughs> bird area so that I it just feed everybody. It's, I have you know, super fat birds. Too, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then a wolf. Yeah. It would be awesome. Yeah. A bear. <laughs> a moose. I know bear moose don't eat bear, but they seem scarier than bear to me. They're huge. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Yes. I so I'll keep you updated. Yes, please. Products. I'm very tempted to try. But like I said, we're so busy this year that I don't think it's realistic. But oh, next sure. year I think we can absolutely and so what a cool way for your kids to experience that life and that cycle. And there's nothing more valuable when you're learning than to actually see it happen Mm -hmm. in front of you and to be invested in it. Oh, Carly, what are we going to name this? Yeah. Yeah. His his brain is just turning all the time and even explaining why we're raising it inside. Like, yeah, it's a learning experiment, but also they're endangered. And do you know what endangered means? Do you know why? Yes. Do you know what else is in danger, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I love it. I think that's awesome. Lots of dopamine this week. Love it. Mine was, I feel like I brought y'all down, but... um, I'm here to bring y'all back up. Yeah. And hopefully you've learned and and you cannot let someone narcissistic take you. That's the part of the dopamine. It's just the learning. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. This episode was definitely better than Segways. It was and now I feel like we need to go on a Segway adventure. Like we need to go somewhere where we can rent Segways and go on an adventure and we'll like film it. And yes. that can be one of our Patreon rewards. So you speaking. Segway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Does Sagatuck have seg- Segways? Because for some reason, Segwaying and Sagatuck sound like a good. The Sagatuck Segway. Adventure. Absolutely. Well, I'm adventure. sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if we, the, we've been toying a little bit with the idea of a Patreon, if that's something anybody would be interested. Please let us know. Yeah, uh, we don't just want to take money from anybody, but we can do super cool stuff if we do. And we do have a huge, huge collection of huge. bloopers from <laughs> six episodes because we are good. seven episodes. This is number this is seven. seven. Did we say six at the beginning? I don't know. Oh well. Okay. We might have. We might have made another blooper. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we'll just say episode seven a couple times right now. So you seven? can just edit that right in there. Yeah, episode seven. Episode seven. Can you believe seven? Magic Yay. number seven. Episode seven. Seven, seven, seven. 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 <laughs> so anyway, if you'd be interested, you'd get access to our bloopers. Um, we would probably tier system. Mm-hmm. We'd probably start off easy at first. Yeah. Somebody, I'm sure somebody could make us t-shirts. Yeah. Pretty, we, you're getting pretty good at Canva. So I am. Yes. Yes. You could just come have, we could give out like lunch dates with us. We could do, um, Twitch streaming mm-hmm. and discords and there'd be all sorts of access and so fun stuff. Kind of birds and houseplants. Yeah. And Book wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> Just your daily text of random crap that you get from us. I am all about like, that. I will pay – there's a Patreon tier. Like one is like you get a text from us once a week and two is you get like access to the bloopers and three is we just leave you the heck alone. <laughs> so if you're interested, let us know. This episode is long. It is very long. It's almost two hours. How are we have a lot of editing slowly. <laughs> so thanks for listening. We love you all so much. If we did not thank you this week, maybe we'll thank you next week. Perhaps. Might happen. We appreciate all of you. We appreciate all of you. Even if you aren't showing up on our Facebook, commenting and stuff. Thank you for listening. I cry when I see we have like over a hundred listens. It makes me really happy. That's amazing. Yeah. So thank you guys. Like I know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they hate us, but I'll take it. True. <laughs> Thanks. We love you. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Hear you next week. We won't do either of those things, but you'll hear us on Dungeons and Dopamine. Dopamine.